It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, and this is my Casino Combat Podcast. It's the Duo Decad episode. Well, since we now have a group of 12 things, <laughs> maybe that's a bit of a reach. Uh, anyway, as always, we have one thing we need to do before we get started. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, children of all ages and persuasions who are of legal age, this podcast discusses gambling and casinos. Gambling is a morally questionable life choice. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know the phone number for your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that phone number. We will make sure you have that phone number. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. All right, so what is on the agenda for today? In the core concepts, I'm going to share some advanced tactics as applied to having a player's card. We're going to look at Casino Wisdom number 73, which builds on that core concept. I have a bad run, but a fun evening to share, and the two casino cluster fix things a bit in the travel segment, Finally, we will look back at the month and forward to the next month in the VIP lounge. But first, in a conversation this week, someone mentioned that in many ways, Casino Combat is a casino version of extreme couponing. And at least in terms of the core concept guidance to keep your losses low in a rocky month and make it back on the gifts and comps, this is a a pretty accurate observation. Ideally, it's casino extreme couponing with profits beyond the gifts and comps. But I realized during that conversation that I really owe another acknowledgement and uh, I need to do that and it's, and it's long overdue. Years ago, I read a book by the Queen of Comps, Jean Scott, called The Frugal Gambler. Ms. Scott was called the Queen of Comps because her mission was to get as much out of the Las Vegas Casino Industrial Complex. Yes, that's a term I just created this very minute, but anyway, she wanted to get out of the Las Vegas Casino Industrial Complex as much as possible in terms of gifts and comps, all while being as frugal and careful with her gambling as possible. And certainly this book has contributed to how I approach casinos. The book is still available from a variety of online sources and is highly recommended. Let's move on to core concepts. One of the core concepts is to have and use a player's card. I said in the past that This is the easiest of the core concepts to execute and complete, and clearly it is. Player's cards, or more accurately, the number assigned to a player's card is how a casino tracks how long you gamble and the amount of money you gamble while you're there. And based on that information, an algorithm is applied and points are awarded. Those points determine your level or tier in a casino's reward system, and a combination of your tier and your recent action or wagering determine the gifts and other goodies that you get. So, with slot machines, this is a really pretty straightforward process. Every dollar spun through a machine is worth a specific amount of points. Could be one point per dollar, or two points, or three points per dollar. It just depends on how the reward system is set up and structured. And generally, this information will be on their website. But slots have 
a large house advantage and are not well suited to what I'm trying to accomplish. Or I guess at least if I'm being as transparent as I always try to be, I haven't proven yet that there's a way to use them profitably, consistently, with only small losses, and that's what I'm about. So I'm not at a point yet where I can say, hey, here, here's a system. Use this on slot machines. This works. I'm still gathering those numbers. I'm still gathering that data. The process is more complicated at table games. At a table game, a human assigns an average bet amount and records when you entered and when you leave the game. So it's average bet combined with the time played. In previous episodes, I shared that Gabriel and I will sometimes, at the end of an earning period, when we need just a few more points to reach another tier, we'll ask a a floor person if they can help us out a little bit with our points. And that usually happens. So I thought today I would share some additional tips, techniques, and avoidable pitfalls as it relates to table play and points. From everything I've learned to date, casinos don't actually calculate number of hands per time period as it's happening. They just have a generic average that they use for every table, regardless of who's there, who the dealer is, how many players, any of that kind of stuff. So the result of all that is at a busy table with a slow dealer and a lot of transactions going on, people coming in and out, money getting turned into chips, chips getting turned into larger or smaller chips, you get all that going on, and the number of hands you're actually playing per hour is is going to be small, or more appropriately, smaller than a table that doesn't have those types of things going on. For instance, if you're the only player at a table with a very fast dealer, you're going to get in a lot more hands than the five players, well, not during a pandemic, but normally the five or six players at that very busy table. So this knowledge creates an opportunity to increase your points while decreasing your risk by playing at a very busy, crowded table. That said, myself, Gabriel, the walking Wikipedia, the world's kindest man, generally we all prefer avoiding those tables. Most of the time, busy, crowded tables are lower limit tables, and not always, but often, the level of play is poor, and there's a constant disruptive churn of players entering and leaving the game. It's not statistically important. I can show you why it doesn't matter using just math, but it's annoying and and less than fun, and ultimately this should be fun or there's really no purpose, I mean, other than the money. Anyway, off track again. (laughs) Look, if you can find a full table with generally good players, you will play less hands per hour, which means it takes longer to reach an exit condition, whether positive or negative, but that longer time means more points and less risk per hour. I find the opposite situation more dangerous, and that's a very good, very fast dealer when you are playing by yourself. There is a wonderful dealer at my local casino. She is fast and she is accurate, and if it's just the two of us, we can go through an entire rack of six decks of cards almost as fast as the machine can shuffle the cards. And I certainly contribute to that because I'm often playing my hand before she's even shown her card. I mean, give me a hard 18, a hard 19, or a hard 20, and and I'm waving with it's just me and her because she knows and I know that no matter what card she deals herself, I'm not taking any more cards. What all that means is that I'm playing many, many more hands per hour than 
the casino average, and I'm not getting points for those extra hands. I'm not getting points for that extra risk that I'm taking that I really don't need to take, unless I'm in a big hurry. I mean, that could be a factor, not usually for me. I try to act like I have infinite time and infinite money, and we have a casino wisdom about that. Anyway, as a result, despite my immense respect for her skills, I usually avoid playing with Sarah if I'm going to be the only one at the table. It's it's risk without without the points that should go with those, that risk, and in some cases, those points matter. So here are some ways to apply this information in real casino situations. Usually play is rated from roughly the moment you enter the table until the time when you leave. And if points are something you need to maximize, there are a variety of things you can do to manipulate the situation. I have a several examples for you, and I expect that once you understand the concept, you'll be able to think of more of these on your own. So one example is that if I'm playing by myself with a dealer I know, or just one that is talkative, I'll tell stories. <laughs> now, that's got to be a surprise, right? The rambling gambler telling stories in a casino. And I'll gamble more slowly while I'm telling those stories. Sometimes I even stop the game for like five minutes at a time just to tell the story if the conversation's going that way. If it's just me, I'm not bothering anybody else. And the key here is that a hand at a blackjack table or a baccarat table, a roulette table if it's really slow, doesn't start until a player makes a bet. It can't. So if you don't put a bet on the table and you just talk, well, the dealer can ignore you or they can engage in the conversation, but they can't deal any cards. They can't spin the ball in the wheel. And in that whole time, I'm getting points. Now, this isn't what the house really wants, but it also isn't something they can or will do much of anything about. Another example of this is that often the floor person will approach you as soon as you walk up to the table and have your card out. They're just trying to get ahead on doing their job. So you haven't even bought into the game. And they might say as they're taking your card, hey, TRG, how much are you coming in for? And you tell them, oh, I'm coming in for 150 or I'm coming in for 250 or 500 or 10,000 or whatever it is that you're doing while you're being you. So at this point, you're being rated. That floor person doing their job has entered your money and they've made an estimate as to how much your bet is going to be. Now you hand in your money, you get your chips, and then you can just look at the dealer and the other players and say, I'll wait for the end of the shoe. And what you're saying is that after they finish this set of six or eight decks that were shuffled and the cards are shuffled again, then you'll start playing. And this could be just a minute or it could be almost 20 minutes. But that whole time, the computers will record as if you're playing and making that bet, as if you're risking money when you're not. So here's a pro tip. Sometimes the opposite happens. You hand the dealer your card and money, the card goes to the side for the floor to handle, you get your chips, you start playing, the floor person isn't there. You're not being rated, you're not being recorded in the computer for time or average bet. So when they do show up, just say politely, you know, I've been here a while, could you back me up? Most casinos allow the floor person to record you entering the game as much as 30 to 60 minutes in the past. And that's because sometimes this is exactly what happens. Sometimes they're busy, they're handling something else, and it takes them a little while to put you in the game. But if you know this and you ask nicely, they'll willingly just go, oh yeah, sure, no problem, I'll back you up 30 minutes or I'll back you up an hour. And now you just got credit in terms of points 
for all the risk you didn't take and the bets you didn't make. The exact same credit for time you didn't actually gamble principle applies to any action that allows you to stop betting without being exited from the table. That could be going to the bathroom or the ATM or taking a phone call or sending a text message. And in all those situations, just get up from the table and look at the dealer and say, could you hold my spot? Now they'll put a little disc saying reserved on your betting spot. And for at least a small period of time, no one else can play there. And they'll hold that spot for you. Now some people collect all but a few chips when they do this. Others will just leave their chips on the table. And in most houses, that's, that's a completely safe action to do. As crazy as it sounds, it is not uncommon for somebody with two, three, five thousand dollars worth of chips sitting on the table to say, hey, I'm gonna take a bathroom, bathroom break, I'll be right back. And they just leave the money sitting there and the house takes care of it for you. Now, I'm not suggesting with all of this that you spend hours and hours and hours in a casino using all these things in combination to grab an extra handful of points. But what I am saying is that someone who's good at these things does one or two of these each visit and over the course of the month or a year all those little bit of extra points with no risk add up and push you a little higher in the reward system and get you a few more goodies. So look for ways to apply the technique. Look for ways logically, reasonably, not an inconvenience to yourself to stretch out the time that you're recorded as being on the table when you're really not doing anything or taking any risk. Next up, today's casino wisdom. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Today we are going to discuss Casino Wisdom number 74. If there is an app, get the app. Now, for some people, this is just obvious as obvious can be. Why would I not get the app? Of course I'm going to get the app. There's an app for everything, and I need to have it. And for other people, the reaction is, why would I bother with an app? I can't gamble on it, not for real money. What's the point? So, look, I can't give you any hard and fast rule regarding what to do with an app specifically. So the action for this wisdom is get the app rather than what to do with it. And the reason for that is that different casinos and reward systems use their app in different ways. But I've been notified of free play being offered only if you have the app and only for a specific time period, or meals and show specials or two-for-ones, codes to be entered in a kiosk for a cash gift, drawings, contests, free slot play, all the stuff that casinos do to get you in their building. Apps are an easy additional way to pull extra value out of your casino relationships. So use Casino Wisdom number 74. If there is an app, get the app. The next segment is the travel segment. Let's ramble.
A pretty simple one this week, everyone. Just reusing that casino cluster of two casinos that I built way, way, way back in episodes two and three. So I started the weekend early and went to good old casino number one on Thursday evening. The gambling was really not very good. It was fun. It was informative. But I, I lost about a day and a half of pay, partially because the company was interesting. And so I did a, a partial rebuy, hoped I'd get things going and, and, and get a little profit. And it, it just never really got started. It was just kind of a slow decline. But as I said, the company was interesting and informative. So I'm playing with Mr. Whale and Professor X. And Mr. Whale is betting green chips. Those are $25 chips. And he's playing between one and four chips on the main bet and one chip on a side bet. And he has like three or $400 in his hand at any given time. And he's building these two towers of green chips that are like shoulder height. And I'm a little interested to see if they eventually fall down and scatter all over the floor. And, and we've got to resolve that and sort out getting him his money back. Now, Professor X is also playing green chips. And he keeps buying in for two or three hundred dollars and then making several large bets over the next three to five hands and mostly losing and then buying in again in the same fashion. And he's complaining in a lighthearted way about getting beat up tonight. And in my mind, that's because he's betting too large and too fast for the results that he's getting. But as I said, I'm struggling too. I mean, I'm not losing fast and I'm not hitting my exit points but I'm, I'm not accomplishing anything either. I'm not building a win stack in any way, shape, or form. Or if I do, it quickly gets regrouped back into the main game to, to try to stay in the game. But they're a good company. They're fun people. We match up well. And I'm interested in seeing how things play out for everybody as I'm trying to either find a profit or an exit point. And what I started to notice was that Mr. Whale... As he'd finish up each hand, if he had more than 400 bucks that he was keeping literally in his physical hand, all the chips above $400 would go into those two big stacks on his left. His wagering style was not something that I was really able to figure out, and he didn't have any obvious patterns to what he was doing, but he was clearly using that $400 as his buy-in amount, and anything above that was, was going into the win stack, and clearly he was having a very good night, with, with two stacks as tall as his shoulders. And his exit from the table, his process of winding up his evening, kind of confirmed a lot of these things for me. As a new shoe was starting, he colored up everything but the $400. He took all those big, huge stacks on his left and pushed them in and said, hey, color this up for me, would you? And he gets back a total of $2,500 in purple $500 chips. And that all goes into his pocket. And he leaves the $400 in green chips on the table and asks the dealer to mark his spot and says, I'm going to go grab a beer, guys. I'll be right back. He had not been drinking at this point. So this looks like a man celebrating a win and preparing to leave. At least that's how it looked to me. So he comes back with a beer in his hand and he played about another half shoe with us, you know, about half of the shuffled cards. And he won a little bit more, which I noted immediately went into his pocket, not back into making the stack equal 400 again. And the 400 gradually dwindled away and dwindled away. And as it got to nothing, he said, bye, everybody. It's been fun. And he left happy and with a, a, a clear and, uh, to me, a meaningful profit. I think most people are happy with a few hours of gambling and having fun. 
and and winning somewhere between twenty five hundred and three thousand dollars. I'd really be interested to learn if he actually has a betting system, or if he's just kind of good at managing a win and controlling his exit and had a really good night. And honestly, given how often I've been visiting this casino, I may very well run into him again. And I think we can all be sure that if I do run into him again, you'll all be the first to hear about it. So the next morning, I make my way to the second casino that's in this group that I've built. And I did that because I had $100 in slot play and a $30 match bet, and it wasn't a particularly long, long drive. I managed to win back about half of what I had lost the night before at a blackjack table there. So for the trip, I lost and spent less than a day's pay, more than half a day's pay. And regardless, it was another losing effort, and there's no way that I'm going to try to tell you that I, I got more back, well, comped room, you know, you know, maybe, maybe ultimately lost and spent after gifts, it's a win, but it was a losing effort. So let's kind of wrap everything up for the episode and for the month in the VIP lounge. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. The lounge is open, freshly stocked with local handcrafted sodas and artisanal pop. Plenty of our adult beverages if that's your preference. Find something you like, make yourself comfortable. Stories and tall tales are normally my favorite thing to do in a VIP lounge. But the other great thing about lounges is they give you a chance to step away from the casino floor, away from the noise, away from the cling cling cling, away from the louder music, and get some quiet space to reflect and regroup. So that's what I'm going to do today. August is in the books. Time to sort out if I won the month and look forward to September and what opportunities come next. The first two weeks of August generated the profit this month, with most of it coming in the first week. We finished with a profit after expenses of two weeks and two days pay. The end of the month was a struggle with multiple small losses. We received five comp hotel nights, a comp steak dinner, $100 in match play bets, $200 in free table bets, and $250 in free slot play. I had offers for a free cooler, a free tote bag, and another $30 in slot play that it just didn't make sense to get, either because of distance or timing or for whatever reason. The good news is that as the month is ending, my mailbox is full of postcards and offers, the normal gifts and goodies are back for September in the way I expected them to be in August. So, way back in March when I was predicting all this, in June when I was starting all this, I missed that one. I got it wrong by a whole month. But all that groundwork that I said would pay off in August, it's paying off in September and in a big way. So I'm starting to plan the month and pick out the whens and the whys. And I will be picking up watches and luggage this month in addition to the room comps and free money to gamble with. As always, I'm not offering this to say, look at me, look what I did. This isn't unique. It isn't special. For some people, it would be, really? That, that's all they gave you? That's it? And, and I know that. That's fine. My, my gifts and rewards are reasonable for the level that I'm choosing to play. Um, what I'm trying to do is show you what an average guy did making bets on the small side of average, using solid techniques, having fun, and making friends. And in many ways, that was the best part of this month. 
In addition to celebrating my anniversary and spending time with Mrs. TRG, I also did some gambling with Gabriel. I reconnected in a socially distanced way with Super Smart Sue, the world's kindest man, and Trucker Mike. If you are not already, all of you can use Casino Combat in a way that makes sense in your life. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving. I hope you understand. I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at casinocombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send them to what I do at casinocombat.com. Don't forget, we spell combat with a K. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your friends and family. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>